When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat. I'm Stuart James and joining me this week is our Argyle correspondent, Chris Errington. Hi Chris. Stu, are you recovered from your, uh, your bit of a chest infection that you I, had recently? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've had a chest infection mm-hmm. so I will try and not cough my way through the podcast because it is still there a little <laughs> bit. But um, yeah, I'm back in work so hopefully not spreading too many germs. Good, good. Good to have you back in the, uh, the host's chair. Yeah, it's always fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's certainly more fun than it seemed for you on Saturday yes. at Doncaster by the sounds of it. It wasn't the, uh, the best of games by all accounts. Yes, um, it's 300 miles away from home so it was a, a chilly old day in uh, South Yorkshire. The sun was out but when you were in the shade it was distinctly cold and... Uh, when you've got even some hardy northerners saying that it's a bit cold and you know it's... Uh, you know it's cold. It's proper cold. Um, and the game itself, well, you hoped, um, for Argyle's sake, that Rovers were without John Marquis, their 23-goal top scorer. Um, he was out because of a concussion that he'd had in his previous game and, uh, you know, that clearly that was a, a help for Argyle because any time a team loses a 23-goal striker, that's, that's a blow for them, isn't it? But... Yeah. Uh, one thing that Doncaster have done recently um, very well, apparently, talking to the locals, is score early goals, and they did that again against Argyle on Saturday. Um, a poor goal for Argyle to concede. Uh, all goals are poor goals, aren't they? But it was a corner. They had two or three opportunities to clear the ball, and they didn't, and Tommy Rowe fired home. That put Argyle on the back foot after that. Um, but they did look as though they were going to get through to half-time uh, at 1-0, and then you could have regrouped tweaked a few things at half-time. Right on half-time, though, a free kick from uh, Danny Andrew, the Doncaster left-back. A long way out, uh, went the near side of the wall, the two-man wall, beat Matt Macy at his near post. And I think, you know, you've got to be honest and say the keeper shouldn't have been beaten um, from that range at his near post, from that free kick. And at 2-0 down at half-time, that then is a massive hill to... Uh, to come back from. And just briefly, the second half, Argyle were improved. They um, played some better football. They uh, had a tactical change at half-time, which um, seemed to get them on the ball more, with Ryan Taylor coming on for Jan Songo and playing Taylor up front with Ladapo and Lemiris just in behind. But the chances they created, and they were decent ones, they didn't take any of them. And uh, that has been uh, a bit of an issue and a concern over the recent games, that Argyle are conceding too many goals and not taking their chances. Mm. I mean, that sums, sums it up in a nutshell, really, mm. doesn't it? Yeah. In both penalty boxes. Not good enough. Just aren't good enough. No. What I found interesting, Chris, when I came in this morning, we, we had a brief chat about the game, was mm. you said to me what Derek Adams said about the wall yeah. for the second goal. Because I mm. said, you know, I really felt Macy should have done yes. better for the goal. And you made a really good point about the, the way the wall was set up. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, the key, any keeper shouldn't have been beaten from that range uh, in that situation. Um, but Derek Adams made the point as well that there was a two-man wall, Ruben Ramirez and Freddie Ladapo, and Ruben Ramirez was on the left of the wall, so the one nearest to the near post. And Derek Adams made the point that he felt that 
it should have been the other way around and the taller player should have been on that side of the wall so that you've got that extra mm. protection and it might have put off Danny Andrew from even trying to score from there because when you see the highlights and you, you look at it, it does look for all the world as though Danny Andrews is just going to clip the ball into the penalty area for one of the, one of the big Doncaster players to go and attack for a header. Now, I don't know this, but it's possible that he might have looked at the two-man wall and thought, well, I could just whip it over the top yeah. of Lemirez and might sneak it in at the near post. So, But it was an interesting point that Derek Adams made in the post-match press conference that, um, that he wasn't happy with the, uh, the way the wall lined up as well as, you know, the, the goal going going in. And maybe the number of people in the wall as well. I mean, maybe. the two-man wall for... It wasn't that far out, was it? No, so. maybe that you know maybe that indicated that Argo were expecting the ball to get clipped into the to the box and they wanted yeah. to have more bodies marking players in the penalty area rather than anticipating the shot. I mean, it, it was a fair way out and it was a fair angle. Um, it was a good strike, but yeah, it shouldn't have gone in. No. shouldn't have gone in. And uh, like it's I say... Too many of those sort of goals at the moment, isn't there? It's, you know, 10 goals in the last five games conceded, two in each of the last five. And when you're not taking your chances very well as well, you know, if you're con- conceding two goals every game, you, yeah. you're leaving yourself with a, a very difficult task. So, um, yeah, it was a poor day. Derek Adams, you know, was, was critical of the, the team, the players, everybody um, involved at... Um, you know, he used the word shocking to describe the first half display and um, they just weren't at the races. They improved in the second half, but, you know, when you're 2-0 down away from home and the home side are reasonably comfortable, you know, you probably expect that. If I've got, I've got a goal, even with like 10 or 15 minutes to go, yeah. that, that can change the, the, the balance of the game. We saw that when our goal were up at Blackpool a couple of weeks ago and led 2-0 before conceding two late goals, but... Um, they didn't take their chances and they're going to they're gonna have to you know some of the attacking play in the games against Charlton the previous Saturday and Doncaster was good but you have to put the ball in the back of the net it's the name of the game yeah, isn't it it's an obvious thing to say so um, I mean yeah. we're hearing the Derek Adams or, or reading your, your mm. um, transcript post-match mm. that's probably the most angry that mm. Derek Adams seems to have been after a game it's not very often he comes out and uses no. words no. as strong as shocking is no. it no he, he was annoyed he was annoyed and it was quite a while after the game before we saw him as well it wasn't like um, you know five or ten minutes after the games ended and, and you're still in the heat of the moment um, I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly what time it was but it felt like a good half an hour 40 minutes after the game before we before we saw him so um yeah, he, he made his displeasure clear, so you suspect he's probably done something similar in the dressing room. And uh, they've got a short week this week with Easter coming up and an away game against Gillingham on Good Friday, so they'll be travelling on Thursday. So um, yeah, they've, they've got a really important week coming up with, with two games in, in four days over the uh, Bank Holiday weekend. Absolutely. Well, you, you look at the league table now and our goal with results going elsewhere. Yeah. Three points clear of the relegation zone, four yeah. games to go. How concerning... Is their position now? Well, it's concerning in the fact that they're on the slide, aren't they? Um, you know, they were 12th, not that uh, too many weeks ago. Yeah. I think that was slightly artificially because of the games in hand and bits and pieces. But, you know, they, they dropped three places on Saturday. And 15th doesn't look too bad. There's lots of teams below you and the relegation zone. When you get to 18th, <clears throat> there are fewer teams between you mm. and the relegation zone. And it, it looks a lot closer. Three points, it's one win. There's... Goal differences, you know, are varying. Argyles is um, not so good to some teams, but a lot better than other teams. You know, so Watchdale, I think, for example, have got a considerably worse goal difference sort of thing. So um, there are teams that are struggling as well. Walsall, Southend, you know, are, are not on good runs of form. 
but yeah, you know, with four games to go, it's 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 getting tight. No it one, is. no one is, um, no one is enjoying this and seeing them that close to the to the positions with with you know the games they've got left to go and um, you know we can talk about the forthcoming fixtures in a, in a minute. But there's some there's a couple of key games in there. Massively so. Well, mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them now. Should we? Mm. I mean, yeah. our goal. Gillingham away on Friday, uh, yeah. Barnsley home on Easter Monday, and then finish the season away at Accrington, yeah. Scunthorpe at home. Yeah. Scunthorpe have Blackpool at home, Charlton mm. away, Bradford at home, and Argyll. I mean, that game last game mm. season, we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah. that, could be, that could be massive. It could be it? huge. Rochdale have got Wickham at home, Bristol Rovers away, Southend home, and Charlton away. So there's three games there that they perhaps think, or at least three games that they will fancy their chances in. And then Wimbledon, Bristol Rovers home, Luton away, Wimbledon home, Bradford away. Mm. So, yeah, even <laughs> at this late stage, everyone's still playing each other, aren't they? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you're still looking at um, Gillingham are 15th, I think, Stu, isn't that right? And they're a point above Argyle. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what the way it is. So, you know, Argyle are going to Gillingham on Good Friday. If, if Argyle win there... Then, then Gillingham are right back in the mix. Yeah. So even with four games to go, it's it's pretty much still from fourteenth, fourteenth down, fourteenth, fifteenth. Yeah, 15th, yeah absolutely. Could, could still seriously get dragged back into it. So, well, yeah, Bristol, I mean Bristol Rovers are fourteenth with forty nine points at mm. the moment. So, mm. you know that's five points clear of the relegation mm. zone. As, and as we've seen in the last week mm. or so, it only takes a win and then all or, or a yeah. defeat. Yeah, and I'll go uh, or a team can be right back down there again. So, um, yeah. How are your nerves, everyone? Because they could get tested in this Absolutely. last three weeks of the season. Yeah, and as you say, that game, last game of the season, then yeah. our goal at home to Scunthorpe, it could yes. be a potential winner takes all clash. It could come down to that, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think for the sake of all of our heart rates, we we hope it doesn't come to that, but it, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Mm. Every chance, at least one of those two teams that day is going to need a result to to, to try and stay up. So. Um, it's all, all set up nicely. Like I said, Gillingham are 15th, a point ahead of Argyle, so that's an important game for both teams. We've got Barnsley coming down on Easter Monday, who are second at the moment, but under a lot of pressure from Sunderland, Portsmouth and Charlton for second spot behind Luton, who look like they'll win the league, although yeah. they did slip up um, against Charlton on, on Saturday. Um, and then you've got Accrington away, who are one of, who moved above Argyle on Saturday with a win, but you know are certainly not clear of it themselves. So, every, all four games have got in, you know Gillingham still not yeah. clear of relegation, Barnsley going for automatic promotion, Accrington still under threat of relegation, and Scunthorpe. So too, it's yeah. it's, uh, it's it's big games. I mean, I guess in that sense it's good because it means it's in Argyle's hands. You know. Yes. The, if they beat their relegation rivals and they're safe, yes. so yeah, and the, and one thing they have done quite well this year is beat teams in and around the yeah. middle of the division. They've had a poor record against top six sides, and we saw that again on uh, Saturday. Saturday losing to Doncaster, they picked up very few points against the the top teams in the division, but uh, they have done quite a good job of beating those teams around them when they've had to. So. Um, they're going to need to keep doing that in the uh, remaining weeks of the season. And improve their away form as well. I mean, the Gillingham yeah. and Atkinson games, both away from home park. Yeah, yeah. Um, the away form has, has been poor. Lack of goals away from home as well. Um, I don't think Gillingham have been on a great uh, run at home either sort of thing. So, um, I mean, it does bring back memories. We went there last season, the last game of last season, and, and lost 5-2 to Gillingham. Um, yeah. So... Uh, you know, there's a right uh, wrong to be righted there when uh, they go back to Priestfield Stadium on on Good Friday. 
Argyle will always get good support in London and the South East and uh, you know those fans that go go along you know will have their part to play they need the players to give them something to cheer about it's not all down to the fans the players have got to put in a better performance uh, against Gillingham they did say against Doncaster but equally the fans have got to be there it's a big open terrace at, at Priestfield Stadium so it doesn't hold the noise in or anything yeah. like that so they, they need to get behind the team in that game but like I say um, it's not all down to the to the fans the players have got to find a way of uh, raising their performance levels like I say against Charlton the previous Saturday the first half was good but then the second half against Charlton and the first half against Doncaster was not good enough and it won't put them in the League One unless you know other results yeah. go go their way you know, if they want to control their own destiny they're going to need to play play better than they did in the first half against Doncaster yeah it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we're, we're so late in the season now, mm. with only four games to go. Argyle have their particular way of playing and things mm. like that. Mm. It's hard to imagine Derek Adams changing formation, for example, when playing mm. with two up front all of a sudden. And So what changes do you mm. think have to be made? Do you think they're, they're tactical or, or in terms of personnel well, in the was, first eleven? It was interesting at half-time at Doncaster, he did bring on Ryan Taylor and put him up front with Ladapo, took off Jan Songo, the holding midfield player, and went with a diamond in, in uh, midfield. And he's, he's gone with the diamond a couple of times recently. So um, invariably, uh, Ryan Taylor has come off the bench a lot this season. He and Freddie Ladapo haven't really ever struck it off as a pair, I thought they did better on Saturday. I thought as a pair, they, they looked a bit more in sync with each other. Uh, but away from home, I'm just not sure at Gillingham in a game like that. I'm, I'm, the, the evidence of recent history tells you that Derek Adams will go with one up front. Now, I know some fans uh, want to see Ryan Taylor start instead of Freddie Ladderpoke Lad- if you're going to play with one up front because of the hold-up play that Ryan Taylor brings. You know that is a that is a an interesting one for the manager to consider. You've got a seventeen goal striker, who's one of the top strikers in the division, or you've got Ryan Taylor, who's started very few games this season. Do you, in a really important game, yeah. leave out your top scorer and play Ryan Taylor? And there is merit in that because we've seen in the past that Ryan Taylor can be the hold up man, the link up man that can get Carey and the Mires and Sarsavik involved in the game. So it'd be fascinating to see. Mm. Would would you would Derek Adams consider leaving out his top scorer um, to play Ryan Taylor instead? Would he go with Ryan Taylor and, and play a diamond formation or play a four four two or you know tweak it so that you can play Taylor and Ladapo in the same side? Or does he keep going with Ladapo, Carey, Lemiris, Sarsavic? Um, it'd be interesting to see. Defensively, that as we touched on earlier, Stu, you know they are conceding a lot of goals at the moment, and a lot of people, and I think I would include myself in them, would, would think that now's the time for Carl Leverin to come back in the side, assuming yeah. he's fit, um, because he's obviously had a spell out recently because of injury. Um, you know, it's important not to scapegoat individuals, um, but Matt Macy has been in a team which has conceded 10 goals in five games. Something has to change to stop that happening. And um, I'd be tempted to, to mm. give Carl Leverin a go. And you also look at the defence, now you've got various options there. I thought Oscar Felgard had a good game at right back. He was my man of the matchup at Doncaster, so I would stick with him uh, at right back. Um, I think you need the experience and and uh, uh, what it means to Argyle Gary Sawyer at left back. The centre backs then is is an issue of you know 
Um, Lloyd-Jones has been at Argyle since the end of January. He hasn't started the game. Um, he's got a strong physical presence. It's his hometown club. I think he deserves a chance, to be honest. Um, so it's a case of, do you bring him in for Niall Canavan, which is the most likely because they're both left-sided centre-backs. Do you play three centre-backs and go with wing-backs, maybe? Do you leave out Ryan Edwards and play Jones and Canavan, although they might not necessarily be an ideal balance? Uh, but I, I'd be tempted to give Ryan uh, Roy Jones a go. Although, of course, you know, with four games to go and the pressure on and sometimes managers like to go with experience rather than, you know, less so. Yeah. So um, there's, there's Ashley Smith-Brown that can well, come I, back I, I the mix as well. Mention his mm. name because there's a lot of fans saying, what's happened mm. to Ashley mm. Smith-Brown, you know? He, yeah. I think he scored, didn't he? It was against Rochdale. That's right, yeah. And, you know, absolutely yes. flying. He'd been speaking yes. just before that game as well about how he was looking forward to breaking his duck. Yeah. He did so against them, and he, I don't think he's played since. He had um, he had the following game against Sunderland and uh, didn't have a great game, but then Joe Riley came back into the team. He did okay, uh, but then broke his, uh, suffered a broken elbow. Um, Gary Sawyer's kept the place at left-back. So Ashley Smith-Brown is another one that has to be in the the manager's mind of, you know, do I bring him back? Um, if you were thinking of playing three at the back, maybe, and wing-backs, you know, yeah. Ashley Smith-Brown and, and Oscar Ferrell-Kell, maybe. Um, you could even play Sawyer as a left-sided centre-back then as well, couldn't you? You, you could. I mean, there are a lot of options. Mm. Um, but having conceded 10 goals in the last five games, I think something has got to change. Mm. I think carrying on as is isn't really an option. So the danger, of course, is you make three three changes to your back five or something like that and you run the risk of it yeah. all being a bit disjointed but you know you've got training this week to you know focus on this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do it and and work the players hard in training over a couple of days so that they get to to know what's expected of them uh, I thought there might be more changes than there were on Saturday I'd be surprised if there wasn't two or three changes on Good Friday. I really would, you know, after the run of games that are on. But um, we'll wait and see. I, I certainly think you're right with the goalkeeper. I mean, mm. you know, the, the goals I've seen mm. on, on TV that I've got to concede do seem a little bit too soft, really. Yeah. Um, having spoken to Jack as well, he, he mm. always has questions, question marks about mm. the, the sort of dominance of the penalty box and, yes. you know, how vocal Matt Macy is. So yeah. Yeah. bringing someone like... Leathering in, who yeah. is a decent shot stopper, as we've seen. Yeah. But he also talks to his defence and organises them, and yeah. you know that that's goes a long way in, in lower league football as well. It, it it's nothing personal now. It's about getting the best team out on that pitch to get Argyle a result. And lots of people are going to have different opinions. And uh, I've put out a tweet on Sunday morning, you know, um, asking fans for sort of you know how they felt about the situation and what what could be done in the last four games and. Got fantastic feedback. So if you did reply to that tweet, thank you very much. And it was fascinating to see all the yeah. different ways that that people were were how they felt about the situation, who was to blame. Although now's not really the time to be putting blame. Now you know you can have your get to the end of the season. Hopefully our goal stay up, and then you can look at what went right and what went wrong. But lots of people had lots of different opinions of the changes that you could make. And Leatheran, Smith Brown, Jones all featured very prominently yeah. tailored up front instead of Ladipo. So, um, I've got to say, it was really constructive as well, mm. wasn't it? All those it, tweets were really constructive. It, yeah. There was no sort of abuse or anything like that. No. Just sensible football discussion, yeah. really. Yeah, that was, what, that was the idea of it. You yeah. know, it's, it's easy on uh, 
social media for people just to rant and moan, but the idea was to try and get something a, a bit more constructive of that. And we did sit and have a look at all the replies um, this morning, and um, it, it was it was great, and um, it was good feedback. And I, the other thing that struck me is is that you know you see something like that, and you realise how passionate people are about their football teams, and it's the same at every football club, of course it is. But you know you, your fans. Are, want to see the team do well and they're concerned and uh, you know you have to listen to their concerns um, at the end of the day Derek Adams is the manager he picks the team it's his job to to, to get the team winning and staying up and doing well um, you know, I, I don't doubt for a minute that he picks the teams with the very best of intentions to make sure that Argyle do as well as they possibly can um, but people will always inevitably football fans are always going to have different opinions to the manager and um, um, we'll see what he does with, uh, up, up at Gillingham and uh, what sides put out. But yeah, it will be a, a fascinating team sheet when it, when it does mm. come out that day. Yeah, and as you say, such a crucial period, mm. the, uh, the Easter weekend mm. with, with two games in such quick succession. Mm. Do you feel one of these games are almost a must-win game for Argyle or is it...? It's, it's, I'm, it's I'm not a big fan of must-win games. They've got to win because, one of the next four Because, <laughs> because Scunthorpe might be a must-win game. Yeah, true. Um, but... They are very. It would be very, very, very good if they won one of those two. I still think fifty points. One more win, I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I think fifty-one. You know, a win and a draw or something like that might mm. might do it. It's impossible to tell because it is true. There's just yeah. There are so many teams down and around there, but um, I think it would it would make life everyone's lives, players, management, fans, um, it would make their life a lot easier if they could get one win over Easter. So they're going to Accrington on fifty, at least fifty points, uh, and thinking they might need a point or two maybe, you know, to to stay up. But it, it's it's such a difficult one to call, you know. The, when you look at all the fixtures other teams have got, and it's, you know, you're trying to second guess. Well, how are how are this team going to do? And if this team beat that team, then they can't pick up three points. But then, they could, and it's yeah. You know, my so mathematics don't allow me to work. No, I know. It's, it's, that. it's like a spider web of <laughs> yeah. potential permutations. So, um, We're yeah. looking at the league table. As you say, Gillingham 15th on mm. 48. Accrington 16th on 48. Mm. So, um, you know, and then Argyle 18th on, on 47. Mm. So it's, it's ridiculously tight. It's ridiculously yeah. tight. So, it's uh, crazy. Yeah. Right. So, so we'll we'll head off to to Gillingham and um, and see what happens there. Uh, and then it is a, a bit of a tight turnaround. Although I suppose it's it's a bit like playing Saturday, Tuesday. They're going to play Friday, yeah. Monday. I know the Monday game will be three o'clock in the afternoon, but it'll be at home. So that's a, from a good thing from Argyle's point of view that they're yeah. not not travelling on on Easter Monday. And um, yeah, we'll see uh, see what happens. Uh, you know, the next time we do the podcast, we will. I was going to say we might know a lot more, but. Who knows? We, we All we know, know is there'll be two games less. There'll be two games <laughs> less. There'll be two games to go, and uh, yeah. then it will really be getting down to the nitty gritty. So um, absolutely, yeah. Right. Well, uh, we'll be back again next week. Next week, yeah. We'll Probably be the Tuesday, won't it? Because, yeah. So Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday, or um, we'll let you know uh, on the Facebook page. Should give the Facebook. Yeah, page, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go check Facebook page. If you aren't a follower yet, then uh, please do follow us. That's a good way. One to ask us questions, and two, we can keep you updated on when we're going to record podcasts because um, it does vary a little bit on work schedules and commitments yeah. and things like that. So, but if we've got the game uh, next Monday against Barnsley, it would make sense to to try and do it next Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll try and do a do a, a podcast uh, then for you. Indeed. Okay, good and to have it. you back. 
Thank you, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Let's go back and do some work, shall okay, we? Okay, back on. Thanks a lot. Cheers.